0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the track talk. Um, where we just got done talking about Red Dead Redemption 2. Um, and you know what you know what's relativity like? in today's house, market. Yeah,
1: that's exactly <laughs> what I was about to say. So the American dream. I'm not recording audio yet. <laughs> Me
0: neither. <laughs> and cut! Ladies and gentlemen, uh, welcome to know. the Trident Stats. <laughs> no, sh- the Trident talk. Um,
1: we are talking about stats today. Like.
0: We are talking stats. These aren't any month in particular. These are actually for like overlooming months, actually. This is something going beyond the monthly stats. This is something that talks about the markets as a whole. And that's right, I said markets. That's plural. Why? We're covering three today. Yes, we're talking three of the bigger markets in the United States economy, and actually the world economy as a whole, because this goes beyond national. Um, so, one of the um, things that we've actually heard about recently that's actually a bit of disturbing news, as Josh is sitting there on his phone while we're recording sorry. a podcast, <laughs> I'm sorry. is that um, one of the bigger portions of today's buying market, as believe it or not, as realtors, we work with a couple of buyers of houses every now and then they come into play. Um, Is the fact that a larger portion of today's buying market, the millennial generation, actually has this kind of confusion about them? If I'm putting it lightly, about something very important when it comes to buying a house, financing, and more importantly, interest rates. Josh.
1: So, this This is a big deal, especially to us. Not (laughs)
0: sponsored.
1: Yeah, seriously. I just threw away Doctor Pepper. The drink champions, not sponsored, but it is. But But this this is is kind of a big deal to us because number one. That's already mm-hmm. true. So you know, of <coughs> course, we want we want to take care of each other. Depending well, on who you ask. Yeah, depending. I was gonna say depending, I guess, on who you ask.
0: But on your source.
1: It is. It is. <coughs> a, it, it is a sh- extremely um, heavy topic, at, <laughs> at mm-hmm. least to me, because you guys know where I stand at least on the uh, education system. Um, as one of them. Oh yeah,
0: because we're talking about that market today. Oh yeah, oh, it's yeah. getting political. So,
1: yeah, so it's gonna be it's gonna be a, a little heated, and the, the statistics of how to me, I think that they're harming people of our age group uh, are extremely ridiculous. So we're gonna take a look at that. So, <clears throat>
0: as one of them, but <clears> throat> my throat. So, as we're talking about this, cut that out, please. As we're talking about this, um, the three markets that I actually wanted to discuss today when talking about the concept that we haven't even actually said yet, um, long and short is today's millennial generation that's entering the buying market thinks that interest rates are (sighs) TOO HIGH, okay? So let me get this straight. You're trying to tell me that we're looking at interest rates that are under 3%. You know, even a conventional, you know, say we're conservative about a 3.25% interest rate. We're saying that's too high. This is me going on rant mode real quick, okay? We're going to go over some numbers today where we're going to go over the history that I brought into this, okay? Because we are going to discuss why anyone that thinks the interest rates today are too high is incorrect. Josh, we, we mm-hmm. could
1: understand why you would think so. I mean, that's a pretty high number. I can barely count to that. However, <laughs> however, uh, they're not they're not extremely high. As a matter of fact, they're some of the lowest that we've seen actually throughout history. Within the past fifty years, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, that, Very much uh, so. That we're that we're going to be able to go see. Would you like to start with uh, cars, or would you like me to start with?
0: I'll go ahead and start with cars. So one of the um, comparable markets that we like to talk about today is. Um, the car markets because why everyone has a car or everyone that needs to drive somewhere needs a car
1: we should point out really quick i didn't need to cut you off no it's fine the um, the markets that we're tuning into as well are three very relevant markets to each other so like the markets that we've chosen to talk about today are markets that have a lot of um uh like when I say comparison, I don't mean necessarily as far as Interplay. Like, yeah, interplay with each other. They all like not rely on one another, but they're all usually considered to be they together, all affect each know. other in one way or exactly. another. Like when we talk about the housing market, of course, you have a house, you have a car, and and a lot of people in today's age, as far as millennials go, they have a lot of student
0: debt. hmm we'll find yeah. out. Which we'll shortly. get to that in just one second. But it's yes, um, car market. So in ter- <clears throat> in terms of cars, um, the reason why we bring cars into play as opposed when in comparison to houses, is that cars and houses, whenever you purchase them do two very different things in terms of their value. From um, this is actually this source is uh, Nerdwall.com. URL uh, right <laughs> there. Um, it was actually found um, in terms of new car depreciation that your car's value actually decreases around twenty to thirty percent by the end of the first year. Um, from Years two to six depreciation ranges from 15 to 18% per year, according to recent data from Black Book, which tracks used car pricing. As a rule of thumb, in five years, cars lose 60% or more of their initial value, end quote. So what does that mean? Well, let's go ahead and compare that to um, houses. So on average, in a normal market, exclude like the past 15 episodes of the Triton Talk, okay? In a normal housing market... Everything you're,
1: we've just taught you this past year, forget throw it out the Throw it out the window. Everything, <laughs> see, take it. Right there. Okay, it right was, in that direction. It was all just a front. Yeah, it was... <laughs> it was all just a front. <laughs> on average,
0: houses will appreciate 35 to maybe 5% per year, depending on the year. That's excluding the 25% appreciation that we saw in the past year from 2019 to 2020 to heck, even 2021. Um. So to put that into perspective, as opposed to your value increasing, it's actually decreasing. Now, there is talk of current events in the world where you see, um, for those of you unaware, there was a, I believe, a factory in Japan, if I'm not mistaken, um, that is currently out of operations um, for reasons to be, you know, Google on your own time, um, that actually produced car chips. Now, for those of you unaware, a car, in order for it to be legal, needs to have a specific shipment in it, it's an identification thing, yada, 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 I'm not here for the details. What I am here to tell you is the fact that as opposed to depreciating, some cars are actually appreciating. Now, the reason why I bring this into play is the fact that we have two different markets, the housing market and the car market, both going through extremities in terms of appreciation and depreciation values. Cars are appreciation, appreciating, excuse me, which is out of the ordinary, whereas houses are appreciating at a much greater rate. However, if we take the extremities out of play and we talk about the normal markets, cars will depreciate 20 to 30% by the end of the first year, whereas houses will appreciate by 3.5 to 5%, give or take. Continuously. Continuously. That's a point of order. A house that you buy at $100,000 is $103,500 by the end of the first year on average. So... But, you know, there's a very important part of home buying that comes into play here because most people don't buy a home until after they have a good, solid job in play. And in today's world, it's thought that in order to have a good, solid job, that goes beyond, you know, a doctor or an accountant or a lawyer. If you're one of those, please go to college, especially if you're an engineer. Please don't make a bridge if you don't have a degree or yes, know what please. you're doing. We
1: understand <clears throat> that there is a certain, yeah, a certain level of education is required for um, a certain amount of... Uh, rather difficult jobs like that that mm-hmm. do require a degree like of course mm-hmm. I s- stand strongly by the fact that I think I would rather have a doctor with a degree and actually knows what they're doing as far as like anatomy and stuff and goes operate on me than someone that went for what I was going for business administration mm-hmm. so <laughs> you would not want me operating on you um, Yeah. <laughs> so, so I'd be like can we fix it with a band-aid can we fix it <laughs> throw
0: some duct tape on that but anyway so. in terms of that uh, that's a very important portion of the home buying process is having a good job for your finances but when we talk about finances we talk about job Jobs, we talk about college a lot. Josh, your turn.
1: So, as far as college goes, another great market that, or another, yeah, another great market that has highly uh, affected the buying rate for which millennials are now, because st- they're the emerging market into the real estate market. Like they're the mm-hmm. people that are going to be buying the next set of homes. You know, even though we have a housing shortage, they're the ones that are going to be fighting for it and all of that, um, all of that good stuff. Uh, however, same thing, uh, like Mike was saying as well. Uh, it's not very useful <laughs> anymore or uh, rather let me just tell you some numbers here. so uh, as of 2020 the United States is about 1.6 trillion dollars 1.5 1.6 trillion dollars uh, in student debt because we're entering into this phase now where going and getting <laughs> we're going and getting a degree for a job that you want is not having the same ROI or return of investment um, as much as it costs to go to college so you're spending you know 50, 60 70 or more thousands of dollars. Getting a job that's only going to be paying you possibly 30, 40, Mm 50,000. So it's very difficult, especially when you're going from 18 years old, you might not have any credit, nothing like that, and you're taking a $70,000 loan. Don't even get me started on the fact that a kid that's 18 with no credit could take out like a $70,000 student loan, but if they wanted to open a, if they wanted to open a, Business. Go ahead and censor
0: that just for my own sense of humor.
1: If they wanted to go and get a business loan for like five or $6,000, they're not able to do it. Don't even get me started on that. Mm. However, uh, the rest of the economy is like, oh, yeah, go and spend, you know, not even spend, go and take a sixty, seventy dollars $70,000 um, loan right out of high school, you know, whenever you just got your driver's license two years ago. For a job
0: that'll make it $20,000 a year.
1: Exactly. So that is impacting a lot of the buying process for millennials in the, in the fact that they're getting hit with um, the depreciation of cars. They're, they're having to get a car. Um, the fact that they're getting... Every time loans. you hit the
0: table, it pops up on my audio. Sorry.
1: <laughs> the fact that they're... Get, I'm making a point. The fact that they have fifty to $60,000 of debt, uh, and that's that's affecting them being able to buy a house because they do think that the interest rate is... Is uh, too high. Too high. Yeah, they think that it's too high. Fifty uh, percent of all millennial ages, or I guess people, the MAR, so the National Association of Realtors last year, uh, let us know that fifty percent of the re, of people under the age of thirty six, the reason that they weren't buying a home is because they had to pay down their student debt first. So the fact that people under the age of thirty six, so thirty six, like. Let's say 30. Let's just like kind of split the difference. Let's say like, you know, between 20 and 36, what, 28 to 30, you have to pay down your student debt before you can even get, Buy your, a home. get your own place. And that's not even to take into the account like like marriages or any kids or anything that's like that. That's a big portion of your that's, life. That's just straight up the amount of, of a loan and the depreciation of a, of a car that you're getting, as well as the. Um, student loan debt
0: upon yourself. I mean, what is it that they say from ages 20, like 21-ish to 27 are like the most impactful years of your life, which there's some give and take with that, of course. But I mean, if you're spending ages, you know, you know, let's say you get out of college at age 24 or 22 even, okay, and you're spending, you know, the rest of your 20s paying down debt, well, guess what? You've just gotten rid of, allegedly, the most important and most impactful portion of your life. I mean, what's that to say? You know, you're in your 30s, you haven't bought a home yet, and you know, and you're in this position where you've spent, you know, of the course of how many years, you know, eight, let's say $18,000 a year in rent, for crying out loud, and I, I'm not going to do math out to my head, you know, I'm going to get my calculator up as um, we're going to sit here and say that if I'm, where's my calculator, there we go, $18,000, and you know, from ages 22, let's say you have a dorm or something, and out of college 22, for the next eight years, you're paying $144,000 in rent, okay, that's on top of your student loan payments that you have to pay down, that's on, and you know, granted, you're, de- you're going to deduct the fast food job that you have, because you find out after you get out of college that your degree is useless, unless you do have a useful degree, again, I want to make it very clear that there are a number of degrees in today's world that do have a solid rate of return. We can talk about neurology. We can talk about any form of you know medicine. Well, most forms of medicine. We can talk about engineering. We can talk about accounting. We can talk about um, law. And we, you know there's a couple other ones, but those are the main ones. You know, for myself, I was going for business administration. Okay, there. What's the saying? It's as opposed to degree. Um, don't give me a degree. Give me um, knowledge and connections. I mean, because at the end of the day, what was the quote you told me? It was a couple months ago. It's um, a straight A student goes to work for a company who has a boss who got nothing but C's, who works for a CEO who didn't even go to college.
1: Uh, I saw. I don't know um, exactly. It's like A students work for B students while C students run the company. Mm-hmm. It, was something, it was something along those lines. Yeah, um, just strictly based upon that being experiencing place Mm -hmm. so a lot of people that um there's a lot of people that drop out of high school they drop out of college and they'll just go and work and they usually sometimes get hired over students that are you know 25 26 years old but they've done nothing but go to you know harvard or something for four years but they've never worked a day in their life they've they've you know sat in a dorm They've studied, they've worked on campus, so they've had a job to help pay down their student debt, that sort of thing. But here they are, 25, 26 years old, coming into this emerging market and thinking that they're going to be able to just into a spot that has, you know, a much higher title than someone that's already been working for, you know, five, six years in the field. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people, unfortunately, and it's, it's just business at the end of the day. Yeah. You know, I'm sure that's a lot a of owners would rather have someone that's had five, six years of experience in the field than someone that has had none but says that they can do it. Equi- yeah. <laughs> it's the age-old so,
0: question of equality or equity, and the capitalist market that we live in, equity means more than equality. Do with that information what you will.
1: And we're, we we aren't like belittling anybody. We really want to make that clear. Seriously, we are just because, but just on average, a lot of the blue-collar, working, middle-class jobs the degrees for which those that are the degrees for the loans being taken out for those is just not having a ROI mm-hmm. return for those types of jobs. So mm-hmm. the type of job that's going to pay you $34,000 a year nowadays, the degree is going to cost just as much if not double. Mm-hmm. Something like that. And so, yeah, that's what we were getting at was when we say that, you know, kids our age group, you know, between 20 and 25 or in this case 36, you know, cuz some people take a year off or whatever, they go half semester or whatever it may be. It's just it's just ridiculous to see that, you know, the first thing right out of high school that they're doing is is taking out a loan that possibly might not be able to get paid off by the job that they're taking out the loan for. Mm. So, <laughs> so, that's a little ridiculous, but all of this is to show you that the interest rate is not too high we are really trying to help you whenever we say you know buy now you know a lot of people think that you know agents are always going to be you know like oh well this is the best time to sell this is the best time to buy oh if you don't go right now you're going to miss an opportunity however we're out here really trying to help you because we want to be not only your realtors to go to but we want to be the most efficient and you know um, the most well-rounded in terms of getting you into the place that you want to be for the best price. Mm-hmm. So whenever we say these upcoming numbers about mortgages and things like that, as far as interest rate, we're we're not lying to you. Like yeah. this is this is true. We're trying to help you because we would hate for you to look at the housing market, especially when we give you ways of how not only like you can enter the housing market yourself, but like how you can use it to your advantage. Mm-hmm. We're not trying to. Uh, get you into a spot where you're going to look at the housing market and look at what we do for you as something that's negative or, you know, like evil <laughs> in, in a sense. At least I say that because I kind I kind of look at education sometimes as evil, <laughs> so but uh, I played the fifth, but I'm not very educated.
0: So. Anyway, so when we're talking <laughs> about interest rates over the course of the years, I think the best way to go about this is in the course of every decade. So if we're talking um, in terms of currently 2021, you're looking at average rates, I mean, on Say we want to go high, 3.25% is a rate that I have written very consistently for people that don't have perfect credit. Now, if you have perfect credit, you you have a job that pays you God knows how much money over the course of a year, and don't be surprised if you have a low 2 interest rate, okay? However, your average individual doesn't have a perfect job where they've worked at, you know, Boeing for 40 years, pulling in $120,000, $150,000 a year and have an 860 or however high credit score, okay? Um, the average individual just doesn't have that. The average individual pulls in about a 3.25% interest rate, give or take, of course. So if we want to talk that, let's talk, you know, 3.25% for 2021. Let's go back to 2011. Okay. 2011, you know, you were looking at, let's see, um, 4.45. Okay. So that's just over a 1.2% higher. Okay. Nothing too terribly big in terms of a difference. Let's go back to 2001. 2001 saw a 6.97, so almost 7%. Now, keep in mind there's a lot going in the world at this time, but, you know, we're glossing over that for the time being because we're looking at the numbers specifically. Now, let's go back to 1991. 1991 saw us at 9.25%. Okay, so we're starting to kind of get up there, if I'm being honest. And then we go back to the 80s. going back to 1981. 16.64%. Okay. So, whenever I hear someone saying, oh my goodness, I have a 3.25% interest rate, could I take you back 40 years to where 16.64% is the average? The average, okay? That's insanity. I mean, I don't know how to say it other than it's... God, just that, insanity. 325 as opposed to 16.64%. That's five times the amount a little less than five times but still the numbers stand there 16.64 percent in interest or 3.25 percent in interest world i leave the decision to you which would you rather pay josh it's crazy
1: Mm -hmm. it's crazy so what we're trying to say though since then it has consistently gone down over the course of time I mean it's, there's been times where it's here or there or whatever but over the course of time the past 30 years it has gone from 16 it's actually lower. so please do not wait any longer to think that it's going to go lower because there's going to get to a point in which they're not going to not ever just give you for free mm-hmm. you know they're not there's always going to be interest but it's because what banks you, and
0: financial institutes they, are they businesses need, they,
1: they need to make money they need to make money however there's never going to be a time in which they give it to you for free so, it's your choice at which one you want to get locked into. Mm-hmm. Do you want to wait until it's 16% again? Do you want to wait until um, 16% of every dollar coming into your household is now also not only getting paid for your mortgage or whatever your uh, pre approval rate was on, but is now actually going towards interest? Mm-hmm. Or do you want to lock it in at 3%? Mm-hmm. So, another, just a small thing as well, as far as when it goes for interest rate. When the interest rate is lower, you afford more house. hmm So, not only are we telling you that now is the time to buy, now is the time in which you can lock in a fantastic house, you're going to, you you would be surprised, the fact that the interest rate being as low as it is, how much you can get pre-approved for. You may have a student loan, that you may not have perfect credit, and, uh, you know, we understand that a lot of... Um, People get scared of lenders, they get scared of realtors and things, thinking that we're gonna like belittle them or something because they don't have the credit. We're here to help you with whatever Money credit you, you have. have. We're, we're, we're not here to go, well, shoot, you got to get that to a 900. What were you doing? What were you doing? You're you're what, 20 years old? And, you know, you're 20, 21 years old. And you don't have a 900 credit score yet. Get your life together. <laughs> we're not here to do that. We're here to look at what you have and give you the best option for you so that you can live a life that you want. Mm-hmm. So because we don't just sell, we're not just out here selling houses. We're, we're selling memories, life. We're selling all of that good stuff. We're selling family, everything that you're going to be doing within that household
0: someone say family so, uh, dump, dump.
1: <laughs> so we want to make that clear that whenever we're saying interest rates low right now you're going to be getting approved for way more than more than likely that you think if you think oh uh, you know i need 20 percent down as well that's not also the case either three to five percent is average so we just want to point that out that that's what we're talking about here today we we didn't want to belittle any education we didn't want to say that you get it going out and getting a new car or anything like that if it was mandatory and stuff like that is a terrible decision and you should rather walk Uh, we're just saying to keep an open mind especially in the real estate market how beneficial how could actually be an advantage right now for you So,
0: but in other news, my name is Michael Murphy. I'm joined today by Joshua Killian. And this has been the Try and Talk on Markets.